Screw it, screw it, we're just just gonna gonna talk talk about Spider-Man. Hey, welcome to Screw It, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. This is the podcast where we go over the Spider-Man comics that were done by the original creative team of Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. This episode we're doing Amazing Spider-Man number six, where Spider-Man meets the lizard. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Will Hines. I'm in Los Angeles, California. I'm your other co-host, Kevin Hines, located in New York. Uh, Technically New Jersey right now. I'm recording from my house. but Thank you for being accurate. Thank you for not lying. I want credit for being in New York because that sounds cooler. Yeah. It's important for this podcast to have that bi-coastal hip city identity. I mean, Spider-Man's based in New York City, so one of us needs to be there in case he's around. (laughs) Yeah. Really, you should be in Forest Hills, Queens. Looking for him. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, here we are. We're going to do, um, issue six this episode. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man. Um, very excited. It means the lizard. lizard. Yes. Yep. I think this is a good issue. I think it's a good issue. It's definitely better than last issue. Not quite up to the levels of Sandman, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. But, um, lizard's a cool villain and, um, yes, we got that great Ditko art. I think he's a strong Stanley is, I think Stanley's starting to have a lot of fun, which is kind of cool. I think it was, he was a good choice to be adapted in the amazing Spider-Man movie. Even if that movie was mediocre at best. Yeah. He's a good villain to pick. Yeah. Um, all right. So now, as we mentioned last episode, we are going real hard with having segments. I mean, we are segment crazy is what people are saying to us now. On the street, when people talk about this podcast, they're like, they've gone segment crazy. Yeah. They're like, are you doing okay? It looks like you're segment crazy. And I just say, I am. I am segment crazy. If this is seg- if, I, if this is crazy, I don't want to be sane. Yeah. Yep. But people have lost interest in the conversation by the time I'm responding. Yeah, they kind of say, you go on a segment crazy and then keep walking. And I sort of start go on following them behind. And I'm like, you, what are you talking to me about segments? Let's do You something. just started a fight. Yeah. So uh, our first segment is Spidey slash podcast news. Right. There is no podcast news. I mean, but there is some. Will there that? be podcast news very often? Not that often, but I want a segment for sure. it. If we have podcast news, this is the segment for it. But don't expect much. There's also Spidey news. And I think like we should talk about like whatever's new in the Spidey world sure. at the time we're recording stuff. So what's new in the Spidey world is uh, I just saw the trailer for what's going to be a new Spider-Man movie into the Spider-Verse, which is a computer animated film that's going to center on Miles Morales. Right. And Miles um, Morales. So that's kind of that's Spidey news. Miles, Miles Morales was the Spider-Man who originated in the Ultimate Universe, which was. Uh, a publishing venture by Marvel Comics to sort of start over all their heroes because people didn't want to read comics that had been around since the 60s. Uh, yeah. And then maybe like five, ten years after that, people didn't want to read Ultimate Comics because it had been around ten years. So right. it only worked for a couple years. Uh, <laughs> it felt like a perfect entryway. And so in that universe, yeah. they killed Peter Parker uh-huh. and replaced him with Miles Morales. Uh, yeah. Who's a... Interesting because he was black. Black. Uh, not not only because of that, but that was sort of like the news. It's like, oh, there's going to be a black Spider-Man. I think he's actually mixed Morales. race. I think he's uh, oh, yeah. uh, half black, half Mexican, maybe? Or? Uh, non-white Spidey yeah. of color. Uh, um, and he's a fun character. He's a legacy character. So he's sort of trying to... Uh, he's trying to live up to Peter Parker's shadow in that universe. Yeah. And then recently Mm -hmm. Marvel got rid of the ultimate universe, but Miles Morales was so popular. He now just exists in the Marvel universe as sort of a younger Spider-Man. I like that when characters are so popular that we bend the rules for them. Yeah. They didn't want it. They Uh, got rid of, I mean, a lot of the other ultimate characters either vanished or changed completely. Uh, mm -hmm. And Miles Morales is just same dude. Brought his friends and family and everyone else uh, is, you know, just Marvel Universe yeah. proper. So um, 
I don't know much about this movie coming out, but I'll say the trailer looked cool. It's exciting. Yeah, the, the um, plot is under wraps, so I don't even know what it's really about. From the trailer, it looks like Peter Parker's in it. Yeah, the, the trailer has the phrase like, like Peter isn't the only one who wears the mask or something yeah. like that. So there's like more than one Spider-Man. Um, so I'll be curious what they do with it. It's being produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the guys who did the Lego movie and produced. I, and which I really like the Lego movies. Yeah, it's a great movie. And then they do... Uh, the Will Forte TV show, Last Man on Earth. Uh, Lord Miller also did the Han Solo movie until they got fired or quit. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very popular. It could be a, it, it could be a badge of honor to be fired from something that's probably so controlled like the Star Wars universe. That doesn't necessarily say to me that, that they're I bad. They like I know they're going to basically. do the Flash movie for DC and then quit because it was so yeah. controlled. I, I think those guys are just like, they also did 21 Jump Street, which is a very popular movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've heard it's great. It's good. It's good. I think it's just way um, better than a movie based on 21 Jump Street should be. Um, I think the Lego movie was way better than a movie based on the Legos would yeah. have been. So these guys, these guys do good stuff. So I'm excited to see what that, what that yeah, I'm curious movie's how all about. Um, uh, okay. Let's go on to our next segment, Kevin. Like segment and that's two. what's going on already. This is crazy. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what's going on in the Marvel universe. Okay, so last month there wasn't a lot going on, but this month is a little more exciting. Uh, and this is what's going on at the time that, Spider-Man number six was published. This yeah. is like 1964 or whatever. That's right. Avengers issue two has out. So this is a second issue of Avengers. It's the one where the mm-hmm. Hulk quits the team. Yep. He was on the team for two issues and then he quits. So he's back next yeah. issue to fight them. Yeah. Uh, doesn't go away <laughs> for long. That's fun. Um, and also this is the issue where Ant-Man first becomes giant man. He does that in both in Avengers two and tales to astonish 49. So he finally, they decided Ant-Man's a little boring. Let's make him giant. Yeah. That's a, a way different hero. Yeah. Changes his name when he's tall. Doesn't talk to ants anymore, but he's big. <laughs> uh, and there's also a cool story in strange tales. 114. This is the sort of return of captain America. Captain America was okay. a, a world war two superhero that Jack Kirby created with Joe Simon. Uh, right. And, uh, Very popular. Like the, like the, one of, you know, hugely popular superhero. Yeah, and he sort of wasn't being published at this time. And in Strange Tales 114, Human Torch meets Captain America. And turns out that this Captain America is actually a villain pretending to be the, the legendary hero, Captain America. Right. Uh, but I think it was either a test or just Captain America was on Stan Lee's mind because in a few short months he will be returned. The real Captain America will return in the Avengers. Um, so... You know, stay tuned for exciting. That. Yeah, I guess since they're having all these success with superheroes, they're like, let's bring back our old, our old uh, stalwart, yeah, our old. They had already brought back Submariner. He showed up in an early Fantastic Four issue, yep. uh, and now he's sort of a villain more often than a hero. But he's back, and uh, I don't think they bring back the original Human Torch for a long time. Like those were their big three, right? Human Torch, Submariner, yeah, the original Human Captain Torch. America. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a new Human Torch, so who needs that old one? Who needs that? weird android clone guy whatever whatever his story we was got johnny storm cool teenager he drives cars and likes chicks yeah man that, that kid's everything um okay well exciting stuff for the marvel universe yeah um so let's get into let's get into the meat of our episode and get into amazing spider-man number six Great. so kevin you thought this was a good issue I this is a good issue I, uh, we talked last issue when he fought dr doom that it was sort of a step back the issue felt a little rushed and not quite a little bit good. a little bit Sure. Especially after sure. the heights of both the Sandman, Doc Ock and Sandman, yeah, Octopus issue. So this one I think is yeah. uh, 
almost as good as those two issues. It's probably vulture level good. Yeah, this is this is a good issue. Um, so we have a we have a villain. We open with the villain, the lizard, which is a lizard man wearing a lab coat and smart purple pants, running around the Florida swamp, terrorizing people. That's what we open yeah. on. Yeah, the, the the swamp is filled with people. This is a crowded swamp, and uh, they've run into the lizard uh, creature, and he's he's ripping up trees. He can speak very articulate English, but but he's kind of like the Hulk where he's just full of rage. He's bulletproof. And he's just like, yeah, bullets bounce off his hard lizard skin, and um, he's terrifying them. So how does this affect Spider-Man? Well, this, this is happening in a swamp in Florida, so directly it doesn't affect Spider-Man at all. But he reads about mm-hmm. it in the newspaper. Yeah, the Daily Bugle has one of their typically very long headlines, which says the Bugle challenges Spider-Man to defeat the lizard. Uh, often J. Jonah Jameson will have a headline that takes up more than half of the front page with a nice full sentence. Yeah. It's also great for us, the readers, to be able to read at home through the comic panel. Yeah, it's nice and big. Um, yeah, so the Bugle, r- published by J. Jonah Jameson, who hates Spider-Man, challenges Spider-Man to fight the lizard. So Peter Parker... Uh, is into is into it, but he can't afford to get there. So he goes to J. Jonah Jameson as Peter Parker and asks to be flown there as a photographer. And Jonah says no, because that headline was a gag. Yeah, it was a joke. A lot of newspapers do jokes for headlines. Yeah. He just wanted to rile up Spider-Man with a challenge uh, and sell some papers. But he doesn't actually expect Spider-Man to go, so why send a photographer? Uh, Peter talks to Betty Brandt, J. Jonah Jameson's attractive secretary. They're flirting with each other. Like, Peter's sort of becoming a ladies' man a little bit. Yeah. Um, The the seeds of it are being planted here. For sure. Uh, uh, Yeah, he flirts with Betty, and then he goes off to the museum to study up on He goes to a lot. Peter Parker goes to a lot of exhibits. In in the origin story, he's going to a science exhibit. Um, sometimes to study things, he'll go to exhibit on them. I think Steve Ditko, the artist, liked museums. That's what I'm going to theorize. Uh, your cat also likes museums. Yeah, my cat's like, don't forget about my opinion on museums. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man does a lot of his research at museums, which, you know, good. I mean, good. That's going to encourage kids who read these comics to go to the museums so they can be prepared to fight supervillains. He's doing it under, he's doing it to prepare to fight the lizard. He wants to research lizards. So he starts with the original lizards, dinosaurs. Now I don't know why Flash Thompson and Liz Allen are at the museum. Um, It's always convenient. Spider-Man's, Peter Parker's high school buddies are always conveniently interested in whatever is sort of around the villain story. Yeah. You know, like when the vulture wanted to steal some diamonds, they were fascinated with the diamond transfer. Right. And that is um, a lizard man in Florida. So let's go to the dinosaur exhibit in New York City. Um, of course, they're making fun of Peter Parker for being such a bookworm. I mean, they're not cool museum. Go- he, he's not a cool museum goer like them. He likes books. Yeah. Uh, Peter just can't win. Yeah. Now, I forgot about this part. Uh, there's there's thieves at the museum who have successfully, while the museum is open, Stolen a ruby. Yeah. I mean, this is great. You get some early action, but also some bold thieves. Yeah, this happens off panel, but we see them enter the panel and they're saying to each other, no one saw us take the idol's ruby. Now let's scram, which means these two dudes just waltzed into a museum, took a ruby, like, I guess while there's guards around and are just walking out. Yeah. I mean, it's a... And there's no fuss. Nobody's noticed. They didn't walk by Peter Parker. They get away with it. There must just be thieves running rampant in New York City without Peter Parker. Because wherever, because whenever he's around, they're like having no problem 
taking stuff. Yeah, he constantly runs into people just wheeling safes down the street. So Also, every thief in New York City looks to be about 45 years old. Kids don't uh, commit crimes. Uh, they have they have smart hats, weird hair, and they're deep into middle age Big, when they're committing uh, their... Nice pug noses often. Yeah. They look like, um, like Edgar G. Robinson or... Uh, uh, who's the guy is like, um, J- Jimmy Cagney. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So Spider-Man, Peter Parker changes into his costume, foils them with no problem, gets the Ruby back. Um, oh, but while, while he's changing into his costume, they take Liz Allen, the popular girl of his high school. They take her hostage. Right. And, uh, Spider-Man picks her up after the fight to make sure she's okay. Uh, and, fl- and flirts with her a little bit, calls her blue eyes. Yes. She, she is. Um, thrilled to be saved. Spider-Man, you saved me from those two gunmen. And Spidey says, the pleasure was all mine, blue eyes. Then he swings away. <laughs> yeah. Cool move. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a, if you're having trouble meeting women, become a superhero and save them is uh, what Spider-Man would say. Spider-Man's way cockier than Peter Parker. Like when Peter Parker has his costume on, he's way, he's almost like a jerk. Like he's, he's sort of a swaggering, arrogant guy. Yeah, he even thinks that to himself. He's like, I'm just enough of a show off to enjoy these little incidents. He knows he's a show off. Yeah. I mean, he's a flamboyant so, character. His costume was designed for showbiz. That's right. He swings away. As always, Spider-Man tends to be in rooms with incredibly high ceilings and he's able to swing away. It makes sense in a museum that houses giant dinosaur skeletons. Yep. Yeah, it's good that he wasn't going to an exhibit of like like rocks and gems. He was going to a Tyrannosaurus Rex room. Yeah. Um, so Liz Allen now has a crush on Spider-Man. She doesn't even know that Flash Thompson is there. Right. Uh, Flash um, Thompson refers to Peter Parker also as this competition for Liz Allen, which I was not aware that Peter was any competition. Yeah, Peter Parker is slowly being groomed to be like – in the in the in the um in in the world of dating and getting girls, like he was a complete misfit for a couple issues. Yeah, girls wouldn't even look at him like three issues ago, and now Flash Thompson says competition like you it can handle Parker. I mean, so he's not as good as Flash Thompson at getting girls, but he can do it. But he's in the he's in the mix. Yeah. Um. So now Spider Man pays a visit to J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Uh, sp- strings him up with a web and says, "Hey." I'm going to go to Florida to get the lizard. So you better send a photographer yeah. uh, to cover it. Um, the, the the fact that nobody connects Peter and Spidey, it's like one of those Clark Kent Superman things. It's like pretty convenient that nobody puts it together, that these guys are in cahoots. Yeah. Earlier today, your photographer asked for a ticket to Florida. Now Spider-Man is saying, send a photographer to Florida. Yeah. I've got presumably the same voice and I have the same body shape. Um, but I guess I can forgive them for not putting it together. I mean, I don't want them to put it together. It takes a lot of the fun away. Yep. So um, Spidey leaves. J. Jonah Jameson, it works. J. J. Jonah Jameson is convinced. Um, but J. Jonah Jameson decides he's going to go with Peter to Florida to make sure we don't screw this story up. Which makes sense. You'd want to yep. send a reporter too. Don't just send just the photographer. Yep. Uh, I like that when Peter, when J. Jonah Jameson is telling Peter, okay, I'll send you to Florida. He's rocking kind of like a black t-shirt with his like normal suit jacket over it but he looks kind of like don johnson miami vice like he's 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 got like a more confident look going he looks really confident throughout this issue he's like leaning on shelves and smiling uh, he almost asked betty brant out too on, on this page yeah he's um peter parker's um He's into chicks. He's into girls. He's into picking up girls. Um, he's asking them out. He's he's turning into a new man. Um, but we we don't worry about that for right now because he and J. Jonah Jameson fly to Florida to try to catch the lizard 
or to catch Spider-Man fighting the lizard. Yeah, they don't actually care what happens to the lizard. They just want to see Spider-Man fight him. Uh, that's kind of funny. We're starting to see how, like, J.J. and Jameson is just being a grump at all times. Uh, like, once they land in Florida, Peter Parker says, I'll go get some fresh film and equipment while you get, while you get settled in the hotel. And J.J. and Jameson's response is nice and grouchy. Yeah. Make it snappy. Why didn't you buy that junk in New York instead of doing it here on my time? <laughs> I just, I like what a jerk he is. Yeah. But Peter's his own jerk because Peter doesn't actually go to buy a film. He races off to the swamp as Spider-Man to see what's going on. So Jonah's and, just sitting uh, in the hotel for the rest of this issue. Yep. Um, Peter goes to the swamp, immediately finds the lizard, and we get into a great Ditko water battle. Ditko loves underwater battles. Ditko loves battles amidst billowing clouds of smoke. Uh, he just likes fluidy things floating around. It's also really great work by the colorist for this issue. Uh, like the way it's sort of these muted colors underwater looks really great. Oh yeah, that's true. We, the colorist doesn't get a lot of credit in these old these old comics. I remember when Frank Miller do, do, did Daredevil in the early 1980s when I was actually reading tons of comics. Um, he would always credit the colorist Lynn Varley. She was like a painter in the in Greenwich Village that he knew, and he had her do the colors uh, for his comics. And he was because he was very particular about it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and a good colorist does uh, make a huge difference. Um, and and I don't know the quality of the colorists back then. I don't really have the gauge for that. All I know is these panels yeah. underwater look great. Um, so Spider-Man fights the lizard, and the lizard uh, easily handles Spider-Man and flings him away with yeah. his giant tail. Flings him like, almost half a mile away. Yeah. Um, and so Spidey loses that battle. Now, unlike a couple issues ago when he lost the battle to Doc Ock, Spider-Man is not too dismayed right now. He just sort of like, okay, I got to clock that. This guy's really good. Yes. he all, Spidey almost always loses his first like tussle with a villain. Uh, but, yeah. You know, he's using that knowledge now to how he will beat him later. Now, coincidentally, the lizard flung Spider-Man right by the home of a wife of Dr. Connors. Um, and, and Dr. Connors himself. Presumably it's his house. Yeah, right by the house of Dr. Curtis Connors, a liz lizard expert who lives in Florida, and nobody is connecting Curtis Connors to the lizard, even though he is a lizard expert yep. who just moved there and it, sometime before the lizard showed right, up. His house is connected to the swamp where the lizard is seen. Yeah, he's a scientist. The lizard wears a lab coat. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we're not foreshadowing it too much if you're reading along with the podcast. There's a big reveal coming up. Um, so Spidey uh, climbs into the window because he sees um, Dr. Connor's wife crying. And so um, he cheers her up by climbing in the window. Yeah, by breaking it into her home immediately. Uh, she's not thrown off at all or not that yeah. much by Spider-Man. Surprised, but not angry about the man climbing in her window. And she tells Spider-Man an amazing story. Yeah. Now, you might not have figured this out from our earlier hints, but Dr. Kurt Connors is apparently the lizard. He is the lizard. Yeah. Um, he lost his arm or never had his arm. I'm not sure. Uh, no, he lost his arm during the war uh, yep. and decided to, to use the lizard's ability to grow back limb to try to grow back his arm. Yes. Yeah, so he develops a serum. He tests it on rabbits first. And, he, and a rabbit that's missing a limb is able to grow back its limb. So somehow he's harnessed the lizard's ability to regenerate in this serum. Right. So he drinks the serum immediately. Grows his yep, no, we're not going to go through a battery of tests. We're not going to go through good scientific method research. He just gobbles it down and his arm grows back immediately, which is incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. I also want to uh, 
on this page is also a photo of Kurt that he gave to his wife that he signed to my wife, love Curtis, like it's an autograph. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know if people do that. People I don't think people ever do that. Especially if you live yeah. with that person. It's a very funny thing to do. Well, he was traumatized in the war, so maybe we tolerate eccentric behavior yeah. from Curtis Connors. Anyway, so he grows his arm back from this the lizard serum. So there's a moment of triumph. It worked. Yeah. His arm is back. Uh, but then he immediately, immediately becomes a lizard man. Turns, turns to a lizard man. <laughs> yeah, well, one, one panel later, it all falls apart. He has one panel of being a human with an arm, and then he's right into a full lizard man. Uh, uh, runs out to the swamp. But he comes back um, to try to work on a cure, but he can't do it. His lizard brain has dulled his brain. Yeah, he's getting dumber. Um, so he's not able to do the science as much. This is sort of a flowers for Algernon kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where the, where the genius slowly becomes more and more dumb and he, and he can feel his intelligence slipping right. away. Just like in flowers for Algernon, Algernon becomes a lizard by the end of that story. And it's really <laughs> yeah. sad. A lot of people, yeah. People got to read the whole flowers for Algernon story. They, they don't know that, uh, the, that the character Charlie becomes a, a lizard. Yeah, man. That's right. Um, but the lizard man writes a letter to his family saying, take Billy, their son, leave, never come back. And he's crying while he writes that. It's really kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Um, the, the man like become a monster. The, the good man who becomes a monster is a great uh, story. This reminds me of the original swamp thing story when a scientist sort of gets doused in a formula and becomes a big swamp creature and is an outcast from society. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also kind of reminiscent of Frankenstein, like the creature who sort of hated but maybe maybe it's not his fault and he's sort of shunned for no reason. Yeah, definitely similar to the Hulk, which is a scientist who becomes a monster. Though he doesn't quite yeah. have the wherewithal to know he's a monster at the time, but he knows he becomes it and sort of pushes everyone away from himself to protect. Yeah. Um, so at this time, while Spider-Man's hearing this story, outside the lizard, Connors, has returned to his home just to see his family. Yeah, which is also and sad. Like this, you know. It's also sad. And his son is terrified of him, screams help and runs away. And the poor, poor lizard is like, oh, I didn't mean to frighten you. Come back. Um, yeah. And uh, Billy runs right towards a snake. The swamp is a dangerous place for a kid. Yep. Spidey saves the kid from the snake. But the lizard in his dulled brain capacity thinks Spider-Man is trying to take his son away from him. Yeah. So they fight for a very brief amount of time and the lizard runs off. Um, yeah, the lizard doesn't want to be, he's a, the wife comes out basically and he's ashamed to be seen by his wife. So he runs yeah. away, even though he was kind of having no problem fighting Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, the, it, the lizard is stronger than Spider-Man is, it's well established at this point. I like that he's got a lab coat cause, uh, Ditko, he likes, he likes to have cool stuff to draw with his villains and the lab coat's a nice little flowy billowing thing. It looks great. That's it fun. looks great. It, Makes it, the white on top of the green lizard skin looks amazing. Yeah. All the villains look great in Spider-Man comics and the uh, Ditko comics. All right, so Spider-Man has to use his Peter Parker science skills to create an antidote. So he hits the lab in full Spider-Man mm -hmm. costume and starts messing around with – he looks at Connor's notes and he spends what feels like an hour and comes up with an antidote yeah. to reverse the this lizard. high school senior is so good at science. Yeah, let's, let's go over some of the accomplishments. He's made in one night a glue webbing that is strong enough to like – Lift saves and construction girders, but also fades away into nothing. That's right. He built an anti-magnetic inverter to take down the vulture. Yep. He um, did. He do something with Doctor Octopus. He just he just used his web slings. He also made like a chemical oh, yeah. to like weld uh, the two metal arms together. Yep. 
Um, and that I feel like we, I feel like he's had other ones mainly too. it. I think at this point, I mean, he's got his, you know, he's also built like a miniature camera holder, uh, for his belt. Um, yeah. You know, the web shooters themselves are pretty amazing. And now this antidote for the lizard is his next big scientific. I mean, crime. I think, I think you could win the Nobel prize for this. Like this is some serious genetic technology. It's, I mean, um, I mean, these sort of all-purpose antidotes that, like, remove, like, a very complicated serum that turned a man into a human lizard that he made, like, a little vial that completely undoes that is very impressive. But the lizard um, interrupts him while he's finishing up his research. Um, he's mad that Spider-Man's in his home, and they fight. They throw this lizard throws a desk at him. They smash up the home a lot. The lizard runs away to build a lizard army. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good plan for the lizard. Uh, that's smart. I don't quite know why he's doing it other than like to stop Spider-Man from hurting him. Uh, it seems territorial. You know, Spider-Man's in his home talking to his lady. Yeah. Okay. His lady. That he, I mean, um, this is why she was told to leave. Take Billy and leave is what he said before he went full crazy lizard man. Yeah. Um, okay. So Spider-Man has now got the antidote. He's going to go find the lizard and make him drink this antidote. So he does this cool thing where he makes like swamp shoes yeah. and he kind of paddles himself through the Florida swamps. And I've got to be honest. I think it looks great. It looks great. great. I remember reading this as a kid. I don't know if I ever knew what swamp shoes were. I don't think I know now what swamp shoes are. They're probably not a thing. But, but they look right. kind of like a fan a fan boat sort of situation where you're just like a little skimming across the surface sort of contraption. Yeah, he's got a, like a branch that he's sort of pushing himself down the river on while he stands on like – it's basically like a, a – not paddleboard, but um, the standing surfboard thing. Yep. He comes across a castle – which is, I did not know, a thing you could see in the Florida swamps. But I guess the Spanish settled Florida, so maybe this is an old Spanish castle. Yeah, it's an old Spanish fort. I mean, that checks like it's something that could be true. It looks fine. Yeah. Um, the lizard is there talking to a bunch of alligators. <laughs> He's, He's, getting... <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting around chatting with gators. You know, he's a lizard man. I mean... He doesn't seem like such a bad guy in his own environment. He's just hanging out with a bunch of gators and chatting. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not – I mean, they accept him despite the fact that he wears pants and a lab coat. Yeah, they're cool with him. I mean, sure, he's plotting the – how he's going to found a huge lizard army and take over the world. But he's also just hanging out with his buds. At this moment, he's not a bad guy. Um, okay, so Spider-Man is spying on him. The castle wall that Spider-Man's hanging on gives way, which reveals his presence. So now the lizard knows he's there, orders the gators to attack, and we are into our climactic yeah. battle. Uh, we've got like uh, five pages left of the story, and it's all it's almost all fight. Yep. Uh, now we're, we're into the good stuff. So Spidey and the lizard are really going to face off in the setting of this castle, which looks great. So we have some prime Ditko drawings of Spider-Man leaping around some castle walls. Yeah, he leaping around. The, there's lots of tail action. Both alligators swinging their tails, and the lizard man throwing his tail. We move into like big vertical panels where Spider-Man is up high in a castle tower, and the lizard is down low, crawling up after him because he can also crawl on walls. Yeah, like a gecko. He tells him he didn't um, just gain the ability to grow back his arm and become a lizard man. He gained all the best abilities from all lizards. And uh, so they go into a really cool battle. They, uh, Spidey gets the upper hand. The lizard gets the upper hand back. But Spidey's also trying not to hurt the lizard, and he's trying just to get an antidote into his mouth. Yeah, he's he's not he's not going for uh, to hurt this man. He wants just to kind of get him in a stranglehold so he can just pour liquid down his throat like you might to a pet. He's able to do it. He grabs the lizard's tail and he shoves the serum into his mouth, but it doesn't do anything right away. So the battle keeps going and the lizard ends up getting Spider-Man tangled in his own webs and he's kind of caught. Yeah, Spider-Man is upset when it doesn't work immediately. He's used to his inventions working instantly, perfectly. 
So when, in the Marvel universe, science works right yeah. away. I mean, just like Kurt Connors thought he had cured himself perfectly for a panel, Spider-Man thinks he has failed here for a panel. Really? Um, for three or four panels. Yeah, but then the serum takes effect and the lizard is transformed back to Kurt Connors. Yep. No arm, but human. Yeah. Uh, and he's happy. He's excited. His nightmare has ended. And this is a great like little trend with Spider-Man. Maybe most superheroes, but I definitely notice it more with Spider-Man where, you know, Kirk Connors has terrorized the swamp. He has done very illegal things. He experimented on himself. He has become a monster. But Spider-Man doesn't report him, put him in jail. He wants this man to go free. Spider-Man's got a heart of gold. And, he, and Spider-Man himself is, is someone who is who has screwed up. And is trying to do right the second time around. So he's he definitely um, Spidey forgives. He knows what it's like to make a and mistake. This later on happens with uh, I think after we're, we'll be done with our podcast, but in the Romita era issues with uh, Green Goblin, John Romita, the artist who takes over after Steve. Yeah, Dicko. that's right. Uh, Green Goblin um, will forget he's the Green Goblin often. Though, yeah, like his human guise of Norman Osborn doesn't know he turns into the Green Goblin, and Spider Man doesn't turn yeah. him in. He lets him go because. He's a family man. He's got kids. Spidey wants to forgive. He's a good yeah. guy. So Kirk Connors is allowed to go back to his family. They're so excited and happy. He burns all of his notes. He doesn't want anything to do with his research again. Although I think he discovered something pretty great. And he should just like start working through more proper channels because he did grow an arm. Like that's sort of amazing. Yeah, uh, these villains and heroes often just toss out their experiments when it doesn't do exactly what they want. It's so close. You'd think he could get a couple other scientists in and do some amazing things. Uh, at very least, the army would be interested. Uh, yeah, just go to any of the 10 military installations that are in Manhattan, New York, that Spidey's always running into. Yeah, they, I mean, they could have um, lizard men, soldiers fighting, you know, the Cold War. Um, the Cold-Blooded War. Oh, boy. I'm very proud, um, proud of that. Uh, yeah, so. New, new segment, terrible jokes. <laughs> right. Um, so Spidey goes back to the hotel. Jonah Jameson has been hanging out in the hotel the whole time. And Peter Parker presents with to him photos of the lizard. Yeah, I guess he's been gone an entire day because the caption says the next day. Jonah's just looking for Peter. <laughs> um, Jonah is at first very impressed by the photos, but then he does something crazy. He rips it up. Yeah, he thinks they're fake. You fool, there is no lizard. The whole thing must have been some sort of publicity stunt. But where is Spider-Man? Why didn't you get some pictures of him? So J. Jonah Jameson is weirdly mad at Peter. Yeah, it's unclear. If he actually, Peter says he bought these. He sort of says it like a lie. He goes, I uh, bought them from an old Indian guide I met at the edge of the Everglades. But it doesn't make sense that Spider-Man is not in the photos uh, if he took them himself. So I don't know. I guess he doesn't. He's trying to somehow protect Kurt Connors. He doesn't want anybody to like find him or find out what's going on. He's unsure of how to lie about the fact that like he went into the swamp without Jonah. At any rate, J. Jonah's mad at him. There's no photos gotten from this trip. They fly back. J. Jonah Jameson's furious. Yeah, it must have been a fun flight back. Back in Forest Queen, Forest Hills, Peter's uh, hanging out, lounging in a pretty cocky... I mean, this guy's turning into a real arrogant dude. Yeah, his feet are up. Um, He's leaning back. Big smile. Talks to his Aunt May, and he decides to ask out a girl. Yeah, he uh, first thinks he's going to ask out Betty Brant, but decides she's probably too busy tonight working with Jonah. Calls up Liz Allen, the most popular girl in school. Yeah, he makes this decision, in my mind, as if it's something we should expect from him. Uh, you know, he's like, um, you know, Betty's probably busy. I'll try Liz Allen. You know, Liz Allen dates the most popular kid in school. Why would you try that? Yeah, you're a bookworm, Parker. You can't call up Flash Thompson's girl. You're a real panty waist. You don't date Liz Allen. But 
doesn't even matter because Liz, Liz Allen is got her sights set a lot higher than Flash Thompson. She's waiting for Spider Man to call her. Yep, and uh, Peter is just amused by his uh, own, you know, his own competition is himself basically. Um, and then meanwhile, J. Jonah Jameson has gotten a letter from Spider Man. Um, uh, which is very funny, and they comment on it. Yes, sir. After all, I guess Spider Man can mail a letter like anyone yeah, else. So he must have mailed this before he left Florida. If it arrived now, content of the letter says: "Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm still at large, so fooey to yeah. you." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems so childish, but it works completely because Jonah is furious. <laughs> It's really funny. And then in the last panel of the comic, there's a silhouette of the Vulture. So we know that the Vulture is going to be coming back. Yeah, Vulture's back next issue. This will be the first return villain. It's a good choice. I say Vulture's great. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time. Uh, good luck to Spider-Man with that. I think this is a pretty good issue. I think the lizard has a real humanity to him. Yep. Um, a tragic story. He's really sad. The art is great. He's powerful. We'll see the lizard again. This is a fun story. Let's um let's give our awards. Next segment. Let's do it. Awards. Great. Let's move right on. Um, um, do favorite panels first. Sure. Go yeah. First. Uh, my favorite panel is the wide shot. Oh, no. Um, I was going to pick a wide shot, but I picked a different one. Page 18, panel two. This is when the final battle versus the lizard and Spidey has like scrambled up the interior tower of a castle and he's kind of looking down on the lizard and it's got some kind of cool perspective where it's wider at the top than it is at the bottom. Uh, and it just looks beautiful. And that's my pick. He's pulling out the vial, I think, in that photo as well. And that, yeah, he's know. trying to figure out how he can get the antidote to the lizard. Uh, mine's a quieter one. It's from earlier in the story. It's on page uh, nine, panel mm-hmm. seven. It's where Spider Man's just clinging to the outside of the wall, looking in at Kurt Connor's wife crying. I really think this is yeah. just a beautiful panel. Uh, it's got like a, almost a panel within a panel because of the window. Uh, oh, yeah. Just something really cool about it. Spider Man's armpit webs look great. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a well-composed shot. It draws your eyes like a good panel should. It draws your eyes from Spider-Man to Kurt Connors' wife, which is like yeah. tracking along the, the page. It's really nice. All right. What's your favorite Stan Lee-ism? So on the same page, uh, I like a few panels earlier when the lizard had tossed him a half mile through the air. Spider-Man's reaction yeah. is, boy, when I make a mistake, it's a beaut. Look out below. Yeah, as he's being flung, he yeah, says that. He's got pretty good spirits for a guy who just got tossed a half mile. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Stan Leeism is that last, that poem I just read. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm still at large, so fooey to you. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite Stan Leeism. That's a pretty good poem by Stan. Uh, what's your highlight? My highlight, I think, is just the tragic lizard, like, writing the letter to his wife and kids. That's why I talked about it so much earlier. I think it just really yeah. hits me. Um, the lizard crying should be a silly photo, but it kind of works on me. I feel bad for the lizard and it's sad and it's a sad story. He comes as monster and before he sort of runs off to the swamp to live forever, he leaves a note and just goes, Hey, don't, don't stick around leave. Save yourselves. I think yeah. it's really wonderful. My favorite highlight is J. Jenna Jameson ripping up that photo. It really surprised me. Uh, that Peter wasn't going to get any good. I'm so used to Peter making bank off these photos and and alleviating his financial pressure that J. Jonah Jameson rejecting the whole thing. It surprised me. So I'm going to call it a highlight. I love J. Jonah stuff. I do. J. I, I want a J. Jonah Jameson comic. Yeah, that's all you want. Uh, yeah. It's, it'll be called Skin Flint. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and it's just let's uh, uh, yeah, go on. I don't know. It'll just be a, it'll just be basically like Fox News as the hero <laughs> of my story. Um, <laughs> so what's your uh, low light? My low light, I think, is Peter Cockley uh, asking out Liz Allen after deciding Betty. Like, first of all, if he likes Betty. Don't ask out another girl. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it makes him seem like a real heel. Uh, I think they're trying to go for like an Archie Andrews choosing between Betty and Veronica thing. Uh, but it, it makes him seem like a heel. It also just doesn't feel true to the character we've grown to love over five issues. Just sort yeah. of deciding yeah. like, maybe I'll date Liz Allen. Yeah. Choose anyone else at the school. Start lower, kid. Yeah. Stay also, in your Liz lane. seem that great to me. She's sort of rude to him. Yeah. Betty Brand has more in common with Peter. Yeah, Betty's nice. Uh, she's responsible. She works hard. She's not full of herself. Yeah. I'd say, uh, you know, don't Go don't Betty make Betty Brandt the person you'll date if she's free. Um, my low light is the museum sequence. Uh, just the fact that these villains took a ruby and nobody noticed that the high school kids are all coincidentally there without Peter. You say that's a low um, light. I say that could be happening all the time. We just don't know about it. <laughs> okay. Because it could be. It could be. It stood out to me. So uh, I call it a low light. Um, all right. Those are our awards. Yeah. Um, and they'll be getting their trophies in the mail. Uh, yeah. S- uh, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, once again, have won all the awards. Yeah. We'll be sending them their trophies. Ditko's getting real mad about all these Spider-Man trophies we're sending him. Kevin, I got a new segment we're about Great. to do. I'm very excited about this. Reader mail. We got some yeah, mail. We got some so mail. It's uh, really fun. Now, we are recording these pretty well in advance. So the mail is from a podcast uh, from when we did Amazing Spider-Man issue one. Yeah. Um, so the, one of the pieces of mail we got was from Justin Bridge. Um, Justin Bridge agrees that, uh, J. Jonah James and the Daily Bugle are kind of like Fox News. That's something we said on that episode. Yeah, you, you compared it, um, we compared it to punditry. We said if Fox News existed, that's where J. Jonah would work. Yeah. Like if you could totally imagine, J- Justin Bridge points out if Bill O'Reilly ever uttered the phrase Spider-Man threat or menace, he would become JJJ. <laughs> yeah. He totally sees like a J. Jonah Jameson type. He also points out that the, in the sixties, tabloid newspapers were kind of more lurid and like um dramatic than your like new york times broadsheet papers so somebody like j jonah jameson maybe is a little bit less crazy than we think like there were guys who just like had a just real dramatic headlines in their tabloid newspapers probably shorter headlines but still dramatic probably not full sentences three quarters of the page headlines but still you know, having an agenda and wearing it on their sleeve. That's interesting to know. It, like it, just the idea that these headlines are so opinion oriented really throws me yeah. a lot. It still kind of happens to the New York Post in, in modern yeah, times. I guess so. I just don't even think of those as papers. I'm a uh I'm a paper snob. One of my favorite New York I mean the New York Post has like tons and tons of legendary headlines. One of my favorite ones was in nineteen ninety one when the news broke that Woody Allen was dating Soon Yi. His his then girlfriend's adopted daughter, like that was like crazy news. It was like, oh, Woody Allen's a complete weirdo, and not not the end of Woody Allen weirdo news, but the first first like big one. The New York Post headline showed a picture of Frank Sinatra and Andre Previn, two of Mia's former lovers, and said one of these guys wants to break Woody Allen's legs. <laughs> <laughs> Because Frank Sinatra had threatened to break his legs, but then denied it. So they couldn't quote him as saying it. So they had to be kind of vague about it. They just showed a photo of Frank and Andre Previn. One of these guys wants to break Woody Allen's legs. And I was like, that's so funny. Uh, Um, That's kind of J. Jonah James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
J. Jonah Jameson's challenges Frank Sinatra to fight the lizard. <laughs> we got another email from Ben Sugarman. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Sugarman, he um big fan of the podcast. He says he's enjoying it a lot already. Uh, but he has he takes uh, uh some little umbrage at Will and I kind of yeah. giving Chameleon short shrift. We yeah. refer to the chameleon sort of as a lame villain. Yes, I'm gonna stand by that. Uh, and he's right. I mean, the chameleon comes back a fair amount for a lame villain. He's definitely bigger than some of the like the lame villains are really like the tinkerer. Uh, later on, we'll meet the enforcers like the chameleon at least has a skill. Um, and he does come back and he talks about a sort of a, a big story arc that happens like in the 90s during Spider-Man's 30th anniversary. Um, mm-hmm. Peter's parents show back up. Um, yeah. And uh, it's not a great storyline, in my opinion, but it turns out to be mm-hmm. all a plot by the chameleon. Um who's just trying to, you know, ruin Peter Parker's life because of something the Green Goblin did. It's a real complicated uh, storyline. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird time in the Spider-Man, like, mythology. This is when the clones showed up, and they were trying a lot of stuff in the uh, yeah, early 90s. Just, it was a little before the clone. Uh, Venom was a big thing, but they were trying to make Venom into a hero, so they were making a new evil Venom called Carnage. Uh, they were throwing a lot of stuff out, and not a lot of it, in my mind, was great, though. I guess if you were grown up and those are the comics of when you were a child, they probably read great. Yeah. Uh, for me, as a, I guess I was a teenager, 18 in that range. Yeah. Uh, I did not enjoy it over that it. much. Yeah. You were not one no. over. Um, all right. That's our reader mail. Thank you. If anybody else wants to send us mail, you can send it to screwitspidey at gmail.com. Uh, I guess I could also mention you could tweet at us at screwitspidey on Twitter. Yeah. And we have an amazing Instagram account that I really want people to see, screwitspidey, where Kevin has been posting some great screenshots from Spidey issues. And I really recommend you check yeah, that out. The whole week of the podcast, I'll just, I just keep posting images from what we've seen, uh, what we talk about, uh, some stuff that just feels like true to the spirit of the stuff that we got excited about or thought was funny or cool or interesting or whatever. Definitely our favorite panels will always show up there. Um, yeah. So definitely cool. check out screw it Spidey on Instagram. Uh, you're missing out basically. If you're not there. You're missing out. Boy, oh boy. Um, okay. Two more segments, Kev. Wow. First one is, uh, for, uh, yeah, the second from our last one is memory lane. Uh, any personal memories this triggers up? I, I have one. Yeah, I think. Why don't you go then? Um, well, it's just sort of like the, it reminds me of seeing um, Spider-Man 3 with the lizard. So that was basically. Spider-Man 4, the amazing uh, Spider-Man. The first one. That's oh, the yeah. first one with Andrew Garfield. That's right. So the reboot. Yes. Um, and I remember, you know, that movie the, was like, okay. The first reboot. The first reboot, so yeah. So complicated. Because now there's been two? Yeah, sort of. A, the Tom Holland is a, a reboot as well. Yep. Okay, so this is the Andrew Garfield movie, which I thought was like, okay. Yeah, the first but one I did think the villain bad. was It wasn't great, though. I didn't like it. Uh, that much, but there are definitely some elements of it that were good. Yeah, the stuff with him and um, Liz Allen was great. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Uh, Gwen Stacy, sorry. By Emma Stone, yeah. Uh, those yeah. were great. Stuff. And um, the Lizard was okay. I remember being excited. They were using him as a villain. I was. They, I didn't think they really got him totally right, but I was excited they were yeah, using him. Yeah, the Lizard him. was a great choice as a villain because of sort of this tragic uh, side of it where you don't really want to hurt him. You want to save him. Uh, I was already well into my phase of, oh, I only watch Spider-Man movies by myself now. I can't go with other people because I get too opinionated and I get into arguments. So I have to watch them by myself. <laughs> yeah, I do have a problem where I don't know if I can enjoy Spider-Man movies because I'm always, they're never quite what I want. Uh, <laughs> and when, like new trailers drop and people ask me what I think about them. They're prepared for me just to always say like, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, negative things. Yeah. I just I focus on the things that I don't like and I have trouble letting go of that I want the perfect Spider-Man movie and I don't know if it's possible to get. It might not be possible. Yeah. Um uh do you have any memory lane? Uh, I also uh, so- liked uh Kurt Connors in the original trilogy. Uh was he was he was a teacher for Spider-Man in college. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. He had the one arm. Like they he never becomes the lizard, but he's there. I, I like the kind of a, when movies do that. And see characters that could later become villain. Yeah. It's, in a way, it's ambitious, but also like movies never last long enough to use those characters. Billy D. Williams <laughs> right. would played Harvey Dent in one of the Batman movies, but he never became Two-Faced. Right. Uh, in the Tim Burton, um, Tim Burton Batman, Batman movies. movies. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, now, last segment, comics recommendation, where Kevin and I will recommend any comic from any time. Right. Um, uh, I'll go first because mine's uh, not – Kevin reads a lot more comics than me, so his recommendations are going to be a lot more Yeah, informed. I'm trying to do current stuff uh, that are that is easy for people to get with my recommendation. And I got to do old stuff because I don't read as much new stuff anymore. So the one I'm going to recommend is a classic. It's Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, and I'm just inspired by the lizard uh, being sort of a swamp creature. But if you're looking to read great swamp creature comics, the Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, the whole run – is really trippy and weird, and it's what made Alan Moore um, a big shot in America. He's already he was already a big comics creator in England, um, and it's it's just a really fun part horror comics, part like magic realism, part just like trippy love story. Um, it is it's really unique. Um, and I think you won't be disappointed if you read the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run. And if you're going to read any of the trades, I'll recommend in particular Love uh, and Death. I think it's really tough for a creator to come onto an established character and sort of become the defining creator of that character. But I think Alan Moore did that. Like with Swamp Thing, when you think Swamp Thing, people think Alan Moore is Swamp Thing, even though he did not create the character. Yeah, it was like a hundred issues in or something, and um, that's rare. He made it his like own. Frank Miller did that with Daredevil, even more impressive because it was so, was so much after uh, Daredevil yeah. been around for so long. But it doesn't happen yep. too often. Like I'll always think Ditko Lee for Spider Man, but I think Alan Moore when I think of Swamp. Yep, uh, that's mine. What's your so recommendation? I'm gonna recommend uh, a comic called The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, which is a very okay. silly name. Squirrel Girl is actually a Steve Ditko creation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a character he created. I don't even know when he created it. It was sort of like a one-off joke, I think. She like takes down Doctor Doom with an army of squirrels. I think it was an <laughs> Iron Man story. Um, it's a very silly character. It sort of went away for a while. But uh, comic nerds who make comics sort of loved her because she beat Doctor Doom with an army of squirrels. So she'd come back every once in a while and she always wins. Uh, and then very recently, uh, this guy, Ryan North and Erica Hernandez on art started a comic book series on her called the unbeatable squirrel girl. And it's so fun. It is, it's fun in the way of these old comics. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, she has a spirit of like helping people versus defeating villains. She's a computer scientist, Will. So you'd love that. Really excited when she gets to do programming, uh, she has a squirrel that she talks to. She's got friends who also talk to other animals. It's a funny comic, but it's also exciting. Like the most recent storyline was her in the Savage Land, which is a haven in Marvel Universe where dinosaurs still exist. Right. Uh, and it had been taken over by Ultron, who is a Avengers villain. If you saw Avengers 2, uh, he's a giant robot, mm-hmm. but he uh, had become a giant dinosaur robot. And uh, she had to take that <laughs> down. And it was just silly enough and just fun enough. And it was delightful. And I really, really recommend it to anyone who 
likes superhero comics. It is a fun super. It's also, I think, good all ages stuff. So if you've got like a young kid that you think wants to read a comic book or a young girl, especially. But uh, I think any gender, I uh, would love it. I think Squirrel Girl. All right. Great recommendation. Um, I will check it out. I'll check it out, Kevin. I will take your recommendation. Um, you probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. Um, and I don't think it's your cup of tea. Yeah, I don't like fun <laughs> stuff. Um, all right, well that's our that's our episode. Yeah. Um, next next episode we're going to go over Amazing Spider Man issue number seven, yeah, and that'll be the Return of the Vulture. So read that and come back and listen to our episode. And um, again, screw it, Spidey on Twitter and Instagram, and also screw it, Spidey at Gmail if you want to get in touch I with just us. Thought of some exciting thanks, podcast news we should have mentioned at the top. You what's think that? Our next podcast we're going to be in the same location. Ooh, yeah, we're going to be home for Christmas, so we're going to actually be able to. Uh, to be in the same time zone and we'll see how that affects things. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll make it like, we'll just fight the whole time. I'd love it. If we get into a huge fist fight, that'll be amazing. Great, great for podcasts. So anyway, next podcast, listen it's to the It's all difference. about publicity, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I challenge Spider-Man to take down this podcast. <laughs> um, well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you guys next episode. Right, bye everyone. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. What's a creative podcast network?